Welcome, everybody. Um, and I'm really excited about today's conversation for Architect Tomorrow. So last year we did a 2021 predictions conversation. And so this year I'm really pleased to be joined by an all-female panel. So we have Jesse, we have Wendy, we have Sally here to talk about what we see coming in 2022. Um, perhaps if I could just get each of you ladies just to briefly introduce yourself. Jesse, if we can start with you. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Oliver, and great to be here. Um, I'm Jessie Bland, uh, Senior Planner at Harvard, a marketing and PR agency that specialises in helping tech brands make their moves. So really interested in all the implications of kind of tech trends and how that um, changes what we do from a marketing and a comms perspective. Wendy Keane, longtime business architecture practitioner, thought leader, educator, helping organizations to architect business. All right, so these trends are really important and use the discipline to execute strategy and transform. So great to be here. Thanks, Wendy. And Sally. My name is Sally Pritchard. I'm head of product and proposition at Ordnance Survey. My role is helping our utility customers solve their most wicked problems through um, technology solutions. Brilliant. And staying with you, Sally, you and I featured on the last uh, edition of, of the Trends sort of discussion. Was there anything that sort of stood out to you that we got right or got wrong from that conversation? Before I joined this call, I did have a chance to have a peek back at the recording. I was saying to the lovely ladies earlier, that was a modern form of torture watching myself speak. But moving on from that, um, actually, the biggest thing that struck me that I got right, because we we're discussing um, Brexit, is because we just got on with those huge shocks of COVID that um, actually organisations are just incredibly um, indexing well for resilience and responsiveness. But I think there's there's a consequence that I I don't think I could have foreseen around, um, you know, the, the exhaustion within the business of always being ready. It, it's interesting to me that, that we had some sort of confidence and prowess around we can do this um we've got this don't worry about brexit because look look what we've lived through and actually now as time goes on i'm seeing those longer term impacts coming through around employee resilience you know the the great resignation that i'm you know why am i still working why is everyone resigning <laughs> um so we talked about last year about being able to survive and i think that's exactly what we did it's interesting to me now, um, what are the consequences of that survival mode? That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think you're right, the, the almost change fatigue or like response fatigue, if that's even a phrase, um, like what's the next thing gonna be? You know, supply chain was relatively recent, workforce shortages, like you say, it's resignations. It's, I think there was a whole load more stuff that we would never perhaps been able to predict. I mean, perhaps it all falls, falls under the kind of broader headings of like you say, the, the Brexit fallout, the sort of, COVID fallout. And I guess we talk right now as we just discover that the UK has three cases of the new COVID variant, right? And, and I think one of the things I mentioned last time was we just don't know what else COVID is going to throw our way. And we think about change fatigue and transformation fatigue. Wendy, I don't know if, is, is that something that sort of resonates with you? How have you, how have you found sort of 2021 in terms of you know, businesses responding to the next sort of problem, the next challenge? I do think very much there is a change fatigue. And I do think we, we've been in a bit of survival mode, but I think we have been going for long enough that now we're starting to turn it into a place to thrive, a pace to like, that is the normal where 
you know, we've seen business models, for example, being really adaptive and this idea of digital transformation. I really feel like in 2021, it went from something that was maybe a little foreign to people and they were just going through the motions to we, just, we get it. It's here now. It's real. So familiarity in, in, in resilience and adaptation and, you know, really being able to, to leverage that we live in a locationless digital world. And that means a lot of opportunity. And the great resignation point is, is I think good from the perspective that certain things that were underlying that just weren't good for people, they came to the surface. And this sort of gave us the permission and ability to, to take our lives and our, our jobs back. Well, that's fascinating. I, I really like that point about, and I think linked to that, it made people perhaps realize what's important to them. Like, why am I traveling, you know, spending all this time traveling for work? You know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change that. Um, I know I touched on that over the course of this year. My neighbour, she had a long commute, sort of you know three, four hours a day, and she just said to her her place, "Look, I've proved I can do it. I'm going to come into the office once or twice a week now." And initially, it was a bit like, "Ooh," but yeah, you know, it's worked. But Jesse, what what struck you in 2021? Has there been anything in your sort of day to day, either at either work or, or sort of personal life, that sort of really struck you as? surprising I mean there's two things for me I think there's one and, and Wendy's already kind of touched on it around um how much kind of digital transformation sped up so people um plans that people had for five years time happened during the space of a few months because people had to and I think the ramifications from that from a cultural perspective and a tech perspective so how do you go back um and look at all the the new like new software you've put in place and does it work with everything else and is it secure and have we made the right decisions and have we built the processes around that and then the kind of cultural side of it as well around all these changes we've suddenly made to remote working what do we bring back into place as well I think that's going to be super interesting so hybrid working realizing that actually pure remote working doesn't that also has its downfalls as well and I think that's what's interesting is for me in the, in the last year is seeing as we've kind of slowly started to come out of COVID, hopefully, um, see kind of the elements that people have decided to keep or go back to. That's been really interesting to me and surprising. The things that people actually say, actually, I do one or two days a week. I do actually enjoy a commute because it means that I get a break and I have a chance to switch off and stuff. Um, the other part as well is just around how, um, how our reactions to this type of crisis um, kind of changes as consumers, changes as people as well. You look at back at 2008 financial crisis and everything that changed there, you get suddenly get a spring of new innovation, you get new companies being born, new ways of doing things. So I'm always fascinated by watching that and seeing that happen and disruption that comes out of the back of a crisis. So yeah, they're probably two things that um, kind of, I guess kind of surprised me and just interested to see kind of how they kind of roll out in the next year as well. Sally, talking about sort of changes, what have you seen in your sort of day-to-day -day working world changed? I think I've had a slightly different experience around people choosing to work. We've, we've actually struggled to get people back into the office because culturally Ordnance Survey had such a sort of university feel. Um, it had like a campus approach. It was very collegiate. And then when all that, that stopped, it was never going to be back how it was in a, in a hybrid world. Equally, we recruited heavily across the UK so you you can't do those old things of expecting people to come back even just on a Wednesday because we we have um our talent in Cornwall and Scotland um and further 
So that really surprised me that there wasn't that, um, to use a government phrase, the bounce back. Uh, but that might be different different experiences in, in different organizations. I think from a um, you know serving our customers perspective, what it feels like the the again another consulting term, the low-hanging fruit around the obvious innovations have been found. Yeah. Um, and and now it's it's problems that intersect society, government, commerce, um, and the business cases just the in, in the traditional sense of forming a business case, don't easily stack up on a piece of paper. Um, recently did a, a fantastic design sprint with a, a water company in collaboration with uh, charities, landowners, bringing everyone together to, to solve um, a problem around improving water quality by um, helping landowners, you know, be uh, more informed about what's put on their land. And there's a very clear problem there and a very clear link between um, cause and action, but the getting the stakeholders and the energy um, and quite frankly, the money together to progress is really, really challenging. Um, so that's what in my intro, the most wicked problems, it seems like we need to get comfortable with um, not having the obvious ROI numbers in our business cases and somehow include um, other indicators within our decision making so we lean in and Oliver to your opening um, move from greenwashing to action that that's really really hard. If organisations can be brave enough to kind of go beyond the traditional financial return at least until you've done discovery right until you've understood what the what the sort of problem looks like from a multi-stakeholder perspective I really like your point about problems we're facing into now are sort of multi-stakeholder and multi-organization and you need to kind of collaborate and almost create like an ecosystem approach and I think the thing is until you've often explored potential partnerships or potential opportunities to to work on things a different way you don't even necessarily know what the numbers look like you don't you know you don't know where the costs are going to get proportioned let alone what returns you're going to get on this sort of stuff so I think I think you know to Jesse's point seeing some of the innovation seeing some of the pivots that the organizations have made over the last sort of 18 months two years has been really interesting and I think the ones that have been braver and gone do you know what we don't quite know how this is going to look yet, but we're going to go with it. I think those have been the sort of really interesting ones. Wendy, I'm keen to kind of get your view on, on that, but also if there's anything perhaps from the um, Scandinavian perspective that I know you sort of bring to the mix here today, because the rest of us are UK, but, but you know, your Ameri American slash or Norwegian sort of um, influences. I'm interested to see if there's anything in Norway that surprised you or, or the US, but equally, what's your sort of take on what we've just been talking about? Oh, yeah, but... Um... You know, for me, um, having moved to, to Scandinavia not, not too long ago, it was really interesting coming from an American context just to see how things have been handled differently. Um, you know, I find just the, the underpinning of the society and the values became very different uh, during the pandemic. Um, in Norway, it was more of a rally together. Let's get through this, whatever we need to do in the States. There was a little bit of tension around some of these things. There's, there's a little bit more of back to business as usual here, back to offices full time. So it's just interesting to see that that, that part in particular hasn't really, hasn't really caught on, you know? Yeah. Hmm. And I know, Jesse, one of the things I very really interesting from your report on the trends that you that Harvard sees coming is the over-indexing on remote work and hybrid work, right? Because it's a very, I suppose, 
um, privileged position to be in where you can choose to work mm. remotely, right? And what was really eye-opening for me, and I, I look forward to just talking a bit more about your report, was that just the like the, the stats on the number of people that actually can work remotely is is a lot smaller than a lot of a lot of people thought, right? There was still a lot of people going into their workplaces because they're 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 in manufacturing or they're in a field role. Globally, anyway, eighty percent of workers don't um, work at a desk, so that is quite shocking. And I think it's still something um, that society at large is probably not quite akin to. And I think when you think about the nature of a lot of um, people that work in te technology, in corporate businesses, in comms, in the media, we are all desk workers. So I think there's a real interesting kind of perspective that we're so biased to the idea that of course you can work from home, of course you can do those things. Um, and I think what we started to see through the pandemic, um, looking at frontline workers, not just as um, healthcare workers, but as you said, everyone that works in kind of field roles, in, um, in retail, in manufacturing, um, we're expecting that we're going to start to see a bit more of a shift and kind of onus on those people and how tech can support them and I guess how the business can really invest in them a bit more I think historically um, a lot of investment has always gone on to desk workers so um, obviously when Microsoft kind of came out with um, with Windows and everything like that it's all been focused on kind of how we can best support desk workers I think that's going to be really interesting to start to see in some of that kind of power dynamic changing um, especially as well there's been such a and again, during the pandemic, such a kind of um, a kind of fight and a, a kind of combat for who can win, um, who wins your, who owns your desktop, essentially. Um, and there's lots of companies realizing that from a B two B perspective, they're actually overlapping more and more. Um, there's a lot of kind of frenemies, things like that. So it's such an interesting space. But I think I think the frontline workers and how we can empower them through tech is going to be a real kind of interesting space to watch. Before we move on to 2022, any other thoughts on 2021 highlights or lowlights that any, any, any of you want to share before we move on? I'll add another highlight. And I think that was the awareness of climate change and the urgency and the move into action really moved into a forefront. We've just gotten past, you know, it, it, we just need to do it. And I think it really put a fire under that and gave us a new platform for it. No, that's a great, a great highlight, Wendy. And I, I hope we can continue the, the momentum uh, behind that, right? And we'll, we'll definitely come on to that when we talk about next year. Um, Sally, anything else you'd add? Well, I was just going to say, it's, it's really striking to me that um, I'm still in my spare bedroom. Like, for me, my whole way of working has completely changed. I, I went, I work in big corporates because I love, working with people, I love collaborating, I'm a um, social ideas person um, and work has become very transactional um, and um, I mean, not just <laughs> Wendy so positive but some of the fun has, has dropped out of work for me and and as I said get, getting people into work seems to be a bit more uh, stick than carrot um, and I, I think for me personally, I've lost the serendipity and just bumping into someone and sparking off a really interesting um, conversation. I, I don't have those um, for me at the moment. Um, obviously, I go into work for meetings, but it's very structured. There's an outcome. You know, you go in and then you leave again. So I guess I'm missing that that work community. Yeah, Ske almost scheduling serendipity, which is a complete enough <laughs> oxymoron, right? And. Um, I'm I'm with you. I am I must confess, 2021 for me 
has hasn't been easy in terms of the remote work thing. I think initially last year, you know, 2020, I thought, hey, this is great. I can I can be very flexible about where I work, but I, I'm with you. It's it's certainly not as fun because uh, I'm far more of a social person than I think I ever realised I was. So yeah, I think yeah, there's been there's been some highlights certainly, but no, I think 2021 has been has been a difficult year. I think for a lot of people for various reasons, right? And um, so um, yes, I'm sort of looking forward to moving on. Mm-hmm.